I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. He doesn't look badass. He looks like an idiot. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media of our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister, Jenny, born in 1974. Today, we have a treat for you guys. <laughs> I I can't believe that you flipped out and went crazy about Dracula and then made me watch this. <laughs> like, was that revenge? Today, we are covering an ABC after-school special from 1987 called... The day my kid went punk. (laughs) So bad. So Jenny and I have decided that we are going to do a mini series, if you will, of after school specials, ABC after school specials. We know them. We love them. And this one, the day my kid turned punk, is the first that we are going to put out on the main feed. And every other after school special that we do, or as we're calling them, ass after school special, um, every other one that we do is going to be on Patreon. So you're going to have to pay for ass after this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, again, this one is free, but next week we are going to have What Our Friends For, which was Jenny's ass, and it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> that was my pick. The opening, um, cre- like, during the opening credits, it's just weird ass antique dolls, and I'm like, sold. I'm picking this sold. one. So um, just to up the ante a little bit, we are also sort of trolling each other with the picks. So we're going to rotate who picks the after school special and then make the other person watch it. So Jenny picked What Are Friends For? And uh, so we watched that. We recorded it. That's going to be on Patreon next week. And then in March on Patreon is going to be my ass. (laughs) So that will be coming up then. That'll be discounted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm actually going to announce what my pick is, Jen, on the next episode. So. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. And if anyone knows of any after-school specials with bird attacks or complicated math problems, let <laughs> me know. If anyone knows of after-school specials with, like, humanity and empathy, let me know. They all have that. They're way. all, like, sappy. <laughs> all right, so let's get into it. If anyone cares, it's from Season 8, Episode 7, 
And the description reads, tired of his conservative image, a 16-year-old music student dons punk garb, which is exactly what happened. Objection. 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 What? That kid is not 16. How old do you think he is? 24. Well, the actor probably is. Pause. Okay, Jay Underwood. He was born. We're back, guys. His name is Jay Underwood, and he was born in 1968. Okay. So, how old was he in 1987? So, in 70, 78, he was 10. <laughs> He's like 19. Oh, oh, okay. He looks way older. Okay. He kind of went on to do nothing with his life. He doesn't look that old because he still has that kind of like baby fat face like that super young like you know when your face is like full from just being young yeah 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 <laughs> remember yeah. that remember remember, that's like, remember youth i don't remember that he, it looks like he's had bit parts and things but like nothing really no breakout are you, are you surprised by that he said no breakout <laughs> no breakout. was he like audience men- member <laughs> yes. and different things yes. yeah dave cross <laughs> officer jonesy Jimmy Ray. Yeah. All right. Can we get off of this? Okay. All right, guys. So here we go. Oh, this was a waste of time in my life. This was not a waste of time. Okay. We open on what appears to be a church or a school orchestra. Oh, by the way, we watched this on YouTube. You can find the full version, but I'll throw it out in the Mimi Bees in case you're looking. This is a prep school, it's a college prep school. So it's high school. Okay. So it's like a preparatory school. And this is their school concert, which is better than like a Philharmonic in a midside city. It's really good. <laughs> Everyone has bad hair and glasses, but I wrote like, this is super serious. There's like a really serious conductor. Yeah, it's crazy. And then we see Doc from the Love Boat in the audience. <sighs> what was his name? Doc Stubing? No, that was Captain Stubing. Oh, fuck. That was Captain He was just Doc. Doc. We just knew him as Doc. No, he had a name. No, there was Isaac name. the bartender, Doc, Isaac. Julie. Oh my god. Um Julie, yeah. They had names, they had <laughs> friggin' names. <laughs> I know you want it to be Doc Baker. Doc Bricker. Whoa. Doc Bricker, that's right. Yeah, Doc okay. Bricker, and it was Captain Stubing, and it was Isaiah Washington. And it was Vicky, Vicky Stubing was the daughter. Mm-hmm. And what was the other woman's name? Julie was the Julie McCoy, director, Julie right? McCoy. Julie McCoy. Yeah, they had. Is it Julie Coy or Julie McCoy? McCoy. Okay. Do you seriously think they just had a show where everyone only had first names? <laughs> I just thought they called him Doc. They did, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have a last name. You and your docs, Jen. I can't keep them straight. All right, so we see Doc Baker. <laughs> no. <laughs> Should we just call him Doc Baker? No. Might be easier. Although he's as good as his, at his job as Doc Baker as it is. Uh, we see Doc from the Love Boat in the audience. This concert goes on way too long. Like the opening way sequence, too way too long. Way too long. When it's finally over, we see Terry and he asks a girl out and she says no. Then we see him with Doc and his mother and people I'm assuming are his siblings. Well, first of all, they during the super long scene, 
They try to make it seem like it's like a high school thing by having like the cello guy almost drop the cello. It's not. And like the, and like the third violin guy like hit a wrong note. And it's like, no, this performance is flawless. They're, You're not. They're doing anyone. like Bach, aren't they? It was so, it was just so unbelievable. <laughs> and then, yeah, he asked that girl in the most possible, like in the most awkward possible yeah, way. Yeah. So she says no. And then when they go outside, he sees her like going off with the biker dude. He's a punk, Aim. He's a punk. That guy was like a biker. No. Okay. So the family's like disgusted, but Terry's like, he seems like a cool dude. You know what? I'm thinking of getting my ear pierced. The little sister goes, punk, gross. (laughs) The little sister's a total bitch. I know. know. She really is. And Doc says, over my dead body, you're going to get your ear pierced. Yeah. Yep. As they're walking out, Jen, the conductor comes over and tells Terry that he played well and might make first chair next semester. Terry is thrilled and he wants to separate or celebrate, but his family's like, no, we have better things to do. That was so fucking weird. Like he's graduating from high school. He's going to college the next day, I guess. The next day. And and they're like, nah, we don't feel like doing anything. Like it was so stupid. It was the dumbest thing ever. They're like, do you care if we just like postpone this? He wasn't graduating from high school because he goes back for or another not semester. Grad. I think it was okay, just he's not going out end of college. Of the year, like, you know, I did awesome in my concert. That was very unclear. What is happening? Is he's going far away? Like he has to get on a plane. Well, he's going for the summer. Yes. For the to summer. The hotel. But he's going to be gone for like three months. Yeah. So like they were going to have a little like celebration, like see you off kind of thing. I mean, this he's a kid. And Jen, why do they have to get home? Because the little I don't the little know. daughter has to go to bed, even though it's broad daylight. It's fucking light out. <laughs> and then they go home and they're frigging, they're like cooking dinner. It would have been faster to just go out to eat. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, they're the weirdest family. Hold on, Jen. They go home and we have a whole scene here. With them checking the answering machine. <laughs> oh, the whole metaphone message yeah. that they get. Okay, so they get some, instead of any kind of creative exposition, they get phone messages that tell us who they are. <laughs> so we get a phone message for Doc, and apparently he's some kind of crisis management person. Yeah. All right, yep. so Doc's editor's on the phone, and she's pissed that his manuscript, Crisis Management for the Little Guy, isn't ready yet. Oh, God. Okay. And she said she's in a crisis because of this Mm -hmm, crisis mm -hmm. book. That's the meta part. So now we know (laughs) what he does. Now we know that he's bad at his job. Oh, he's horrible. Because he's actually causing crisis. He's horrible. All right. Then the mom gets a call that her paper, Why Children Go Punk, has been accepted at a conference. So she's in academia. She's in the, the psychology department at college. And they're doing, you know, a lot of times in academia, we have conferences, you present a paper there, it's really not that big of a deal. Maybe in 1987, it was way more of a deal. I don't know. This this was on the national, the, the local news. Yes. Well, we've had that kind of thing before, but not, not like a, evening news. not like an expose showing your family. Don't forget, don't forget that this is in 1987. So this is when like it, you know, you didn't have all these millions of, of news channels, like just telling That's all true. these stories. Like this was like only, only certain <laughs> things could get into the news. Real estate was precious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So Terry pops in and asks dad if he could change his look. Jenny, 
When you were 16 and you want to change your look, would you ask permission? No, only if I needed them to buy me something. Right. Or like need to sign a form for you to get your ear pierced. Actually, no, no, no. When I was 16, I had a job to pay for anything I wanted to do. But sometimes we needed a form or something. I would just forge it and get my ear pierced again. Oh, for like an ear piercing or a tattoo or something, yes. But like if I didn't want it like spray for my hair, I just bought that. Yes. Yeah. All right. So then when I wanted jeans that I had to get into and use pliers to pull the zipper closed because they were so tight, I just bought those. Yes. Yep. I remember you laying on your bed (laughs) and your friend Jen and me each on the side trying to get those jeans buckled. Like, what did that do to your internal organs? I don't know. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> so he he's talking about maybe something a little funkier, and Doc blows him off. So there's a theme here. All right. The little girl from Poltergeist shows up. That's who the little <laughs> sister looks like. Is Carrie that Ann. where she's from? No. She didn't go on to be no, that. Okay. No, but she looks like say. Carrie Ann from Poltergeist. So I'm she's just not that. that good of an actress. Terry says he wants a new haircut, but he gets cut off by douchebag older brother Carl, who announces Jen he's writing a speech for the Young Republicans Club. He looks like Roger from Happy Days. He looks 38. Yeah, this guy's a total douche. Total douche. Yeah, totally. Okay. The next day, Doc has taken Terry to the airport. Yes, turns out it's the airport. And he's bringing his guitar because he wants to get into a band. Jen... In the airport, he sees some punk. Wait women. a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You missed a critical part. He gets dropped off at the curb at the airport by his father. And I think he thinks the father's going to walk him in. And the father's like, oh, like there's a cop walking around. I guess he's illegally parked. He's like, it's cool if I just drop you off and leave, right? Like he's 16. <laughs> he's just like, good luck. Bye. It's it's pretty Gen X. They're just driving. They're just driving that home. Pretty, that like but, no one cares. It's pretty accurate. Yeah, it is actually. Okay. All right. So inside the airport, he sees some headbanger punk women. Okay. <laughs> the women leave behind a bag, and Terry grabs it. Jim, what was in that bag? First of all, do you remember those days when you could just leave shit laying around the airport? Now there'd be like a SWAT team on it. <laughs> They'd have to shut down the whole fucking airport because these these kids left like hair dye. And I didn't know what it was. I thought maybe it was drugs, coke, and then like no, I think it's red hairspray. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Terry heads into the bathroom, pops in some contacts, cuts his own hair, throws throws on a leather outfit, and bam, he's punk. What are you doing in a in an airport bathroom? First of all, (laughs) there's things. You can't do a lot in an airport bathroom. They're gross. Secondly, like he pops open his suitcase. He's got like bondage gear in there. I'm like, you can send a really wrong message here, dude. Like, what are you doing in the bathroom? It was so weird. And he literally, but he literally put on a costume. Like he literally walked into the bath. Like instead of some gradual transformation, (laughs) he literally walked into the bathroom and put on a punk costume. Yeah. That's what happened. Yes. It's Halloween. Yeah. So Jen, Terry arrives at his destination looking all badass. He doesn't look badass. <laughs> For him, he, he looks does. like an idiot. In his mind, he looks badass. I have an index card. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> what is the 
this kid's scene. <laughs> because, right, because he has his face painted white and I thought he was goth. <laughs> so I, I just want to state <laughs> that I'm not an expert on this, okay? <laughs> and I'm sure there are people listening that are and are going to get angry and be like, you can have a white face and be, and be punk, whatever, okay? Like, you, give guys, us, you know, give us some info. You know, our, our rule here is fly your freak flag, whatever that is. We don't yeah. care. I'm, not, I'm just trying to figure out because. Because the title of this is when my kid went punk. I'm trying to figure out, is he actually punk? I don't think he is. I think he's more emo. Okay. Although emo was technically a little bit later. I thought he was the lead singer of The Cure. But go on. He, he fits emo better. Well, that would be goth. Right. He fits goth or emo better than punk. Yes. Because punk is like a philosophy. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's not my parents aren't paying attention to me. It's fuck society. Right. Screw the man. Anti everything. I'm not a conformist. Like he's just like trying to get his parents' attention. I'm married to one. I know what they are. (laughs) That's like, that's more emo. Like emo is more of a phase than like a whole movement. So punk is a music genre that emerged in the mid seventies rooted in sixties garage bands. Punk bands rejected the excess of the mainstream seventies rock. And you know how they felt about it. If you thought that was extreme and excess, wait till the 80s come around. So the main bands were like Sex Pistols, The Clash, The Runaways, The Ramones, The Saints, Patti Smith. They were anti-authority. They rejected the political idealism of the hippies. Kind of get that. Yeah, get it. They say, uh, then they started this whole poser thing. Like they started that with the, as a pejorative term. Mm-hmm. Which applies to those who associate it with punk adopted its stylistic attributes but did not understand or share the underlying philosophy is this kid a poser he totally is <laughs> he literally walked into the bathroom and put on the outfit and like for what because his parents aren't paying attention okay to okay but what is he fighting against but answer me this did you or did you not feel bad for him i th- those can be separate things yes. i did feel bad yes. for him okay as the scene matured, eventually everyone was getting called a poser. <laughs> I can totally see that happening. I can totally see that happening. Yeah. Goth, which is gothic rock, that was more dark themes, nonconformist, but not necessarily angry. Like it was kind of like romanticism. Mm-hmm. It was more like it grew out of post industrial rock, metal, punk, glam rock, and post punk. So this, like, <laughs> Growing out of glam rock a little bit, you could see in the face makeup and stuff. Sure. And this one site said, goth hates the world as a whole. Okay. Emo hates the human race, but animals are okay. (laughs) Okay. And I feel like kids would probably fall in that category. Are you emo? No, I'm goth. I hate (laughs) kids, animals, plants. No, I don't hate plants. I have plants. (laughs) Okay. No, but Elmer's emo from Little House. Yes, yes, you're right. Okay. Yeah, he's emo. All right, so we don't know. But this guy this guy likes kids, and I feel like kids, not saying kids are animals, but I feel like they could fall in that, like, they're innocent category. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, they're not, they don't in, have, in like. In your expert opinion, what is he? He's a poser. <laughs> I'm just laughing, guys, because I haven't called somebody a poser probably in 30 years. I know. I know. I know. Oh, my God. But that was a thing, right? That was a Everyone thing. called everyone that posers, a thing. About, like, mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I remember I was dating this guy, and he was, like, hardcore Metallica, like, Ozzy, like, mm-hmm. all this shit. Like, death metal. And then I was dating this other guy who had, like, he didn't wear makeup, but he had, like, a little bit fluffier hair. And the, uh, the one that I used to date was, like, he's a poser. He is such a poser. Mm-hmm. He is, like, mm-hmm. you know, glam rock. And he wasn't glam rock, but it was this whole thing. Like, if you had any body to your hair, <laughs> you, were, you were a poser. Dear God, what was Janie Lane? <laughs> Oh, he was glam rock. (laughs) It was ridiculous. Like all that shit was so crazy and so ridiculous. Back to our back to our poser. (laughs) So Terry arrives at his destination. He's in a hotel. People are staring at him, but there's a lot of old people in this hotel. At first, I was like, "Is he at a nursing home?" I know. I didn't know what was going on. Vegas. This is supposed to be a high class hotel. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, right. Turns out, Jen, he's going to a hotel for the summer as a new daycare counselor. I don't even know how to what react the to this. Fuck? Why would you literally change into a punk? I I have that. I'm like, why <laughs> didn't you wait like, three months, dude? Just wait three months until <laughs> like, you go back to school. Oh my, God. oh, my God. All right. So it turns out that this is the hotel. This gets. Little- so is he raging against daycares? Is he raging against. <laughs> like, it just makes He's no sense. clearly raging and against his punk, mother. Clearly. What punk in the world <laughs> would be a daycare counselor? <laughs> Name one. Did you see Timmy doing this? No, Sid Vicious. At 16. <laughs> Could you see, like, a 16 year old punk? No. <laughs> Sid Vicious. <laughs> Come on, guys. Johnny Rotten. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Okay. So it turns out, guys, this is the hotel that his mother's big, huge, prestigious academic conference is going to be held at. Because, of course, it is. So she recommended him for the job. Now, there's two people running the hotel. One is the owner. He's the old dude who also is the governor from Benson, and I recognized him immediately. Oh, that's who he is. Yeah. The second woman is Miss Brooks. She's a little more prejudiced against the punk. She's like, we can't have that punker here. We can't hire that punker. She's like freaking out. The governor from Benson, who from now on is going to be called the governor, he is like, he seems to be sympathetic. Well, that's only because he needs his mother's money. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's not actually sympathetic. So, Jen, Terry has now painted his face white. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like Ricky's Rocket makeup on. You want to know point. who I think he looks like and what I was calling him? Is it that band that's fly, that sings Fly Why on are the you show? obsessed with Enough's Enough? Because you were obsessed with them and it was I really had one funny. album. I couldn't be that obsessed with them. Because you just wanted to like different, you wanted to like different bands than me and Jen. And you just liked all these shitty second string bands. No, just, I was just younger like than poison. you. And no, so we liked we those doing. shittier bands. No, that's what you were doing. Okay. Um, Jen, he <laughs> looks like the poor man's Corey Haim. Oh my God, he totally does. He's Corey he totally does. He's Corey Haim. So Corey Haim, I mean Terry, has now painted his face white. He walks into the daycare. He plugs in his electric guitar and he starts playing it. And he's like singing a nice ballad, so the guests are okay with that. You want to talk about how shitty the music is in this? Oh my god, <laughs> it's so. Bad. We thought Leah Thompson's band in Howard the Duck was the worst. I this don't know. Who, I just have he's in a band 
a really, 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 really bad band. Yeah, it's real, real bad. So cut to Terry playing in that terrible band. And I said, it's probably the worst musical performance I've ever seen on TV. (laughs) The lyrics are terrible. And I lived through the 80s of MTV. And this is probably the worst. The lyrics are absolutely terrible. So he's hired and the band is going to be playing this quote unquote club every Friday and Saturday night. Okay. It's a, it's not that easy, but okay, whatever. Terry's mother is then on the phone with the hotel manager, the governor. And he's booking, they're booking rooms for her conference. And he awkwardly transfers her to Terry's room. Like, oh, well, first of all, she has that crazy boss over her shoulder. Like, what is this? Even though she's a doctor, she's Dr. Wagner. And this boss is weird. Is his name, who's Mr. Smiley? Is that the hotel guy? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So the governor is like, I'm going to let you talk to your own son and transfers her to Terry's room. And she's like, uh, because her boss is right there. Yeah, that's super weird. So they have a weird conversation. And in what is now becoming a trope in this this episode, she blows him off. And he's like felt he feels hurt and unheard. Okay, because her boss is standing there. Yeah. Later, we see Terry running the daycare and he's putting his makeup on while one of the kids is putting clown makeup on. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. I missed that parallel. It's the nuance, Jen, that you got to hone in on. Miss Brooks is all like, he scares me. Why is he doing this? He scares me. And the dude from Benson is like, hey, the governor is like, if his family's okay with it, maybe we should be too. This is the part where I was like, if he's going to wake up someday and just put on makeup and be punk, why didn't he wait till fall? (laughs) (laughs) No, if this is going to happen one day, like just. Pick that day three months later. So back at the university, Terry's mom, Dr. Warner. Warner. Sorry, I said Wagner. It's Warner. Dr. Warner is getting harassed by her boss, Jen. The hotel has sent them pictures of the rooms. Like hard copy pictures. Oh, my like God. Like computers. Is there not a brochure they could have mailed them? <laughs> he doesn't trust the pics because he knows what a wide-angled lens can do. Oh, my God. I mean, the plate, you don't need the wide angle. I know. I know. The place is garbage. So he tells Dr. Warner, who, by the way, played Rose Nyland's daughter on Golden Girls for one episode. That's a deep cut. And I remember. Did you know that? It was the one where Charlie, the granddaughter, comes to see them. And Rose, so the daughter thinks that Charlie, Rose's husband, the, the grandfather, her father, was all rich and left them all this money. And she can't understand why Rose doesn't have any of this money. And Rose is like trying to protect Charlie's image because he really was a bad money manager and lost all the money. Mm. So it's a whole thing. Okay. Deep cut there on Golden Girls. (laughs) Yeah, that was. So Dr. Warner is going to go up to the hotel because Jen, they can't afford any missteps. So she's going to go ahead of time. The pressure on this thing is crazy. Can't you just know that the hotel is decent? Yeah, like, just, I mean, like, first of all, where are they? It doesn't seem to be, like, a major metropolitan area. So you just pick the best hotel there. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And hope for the best. It's ridiculous. He also asked to see her posters for the seminar she's giving, and it's called The 80s Punk Syndrome, How Parents Can Avoid It. Oh, my God. And he tells her, Jen, her rank and tenure depends on it. Yeah, which is insane. Mm-hmm. That's the problem mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Not the son's appearance. Right. <laughs> God. Right. Okay. So back at the daycare, Jen, shit's about to get weird. We see this mom bringing her daughter. And the daughter is 
on crutches. She um, is differently abled. She has a disability. I don't know what it is. She has like those crutches that attach to her arms. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. She freaks out when she sees Terry, the mother, not the daughter, the mother right. freaks out. Yep. Terry's a delinquent. This is she's outrageous. Like a, she's, she's Karen. Renquist, Mrs. Renquist. She's the Karen. Which is, which is some major boss there, <laughs> I guess. Robert, is he some, like He's some overlord? Client. Jen, she wants to talk to the manager. <laughs> she's Karen. She's totally Karen. She's a hundred percent Karen. So Terry's face is completely Karen Rehnquist. Terry's face is completely white now, and he has an Odie puppet on his hand. Did you notice that? I did. Okay. I used to like Garfield and Odie when I was really young. I did too. Okay, Doctor Warner and Doc Bricker show up. <laughs> They're there to surprise <laughs> Terry, and whoa, are they surprised? <laughs> They're not the ones who surpri- are doing the surprise. They think here. he's playing dress up with the kids, and he's like, "This is my new image." And Doc is like, "Uh, what's wrong with your old image?" So Jen, he has to get back to work, but you know his parents want to talk to this, talk to him. About and I have place. to say, I think I saw a peace sign necklace on him, which doesn't track. <laughs> that doesn't track at all. <laughs> so just saying. Okay, so bottom line, they can't meet until that night when Terry's playing at the club. Well, because they drive that home. They're like, we'll talk about this at lunch. He's like, I can't do lunch. And they're like, I can't do that. And then finally, he's like, why don't you just come mm-hmm, to the club? Mm-hmm. So this is a great idea. Invite your boomer parents to this oh club. Oh, my God. So Dr. Warner and Doc are yelling over the music, saying how this generation's music sucks so bad. P- appropriate conversation to have in the middle of the club. They freaking hate this. Of course they do. And then I wrote, well, they're not wrong about this music. It does suck. Yeah, it's true. But not because it's loud, just because it actually it sucks. It actually sucks. So they all go back to the hotel, and Dr. Warner starts freaking out. Her job is on the line. Terry comes in. They start calling his music crap. And then Terry tries to tell them, this look works for me. And they're like, no. Like, I have to say, I think the kid handled it well. Like, he keeps yeah. saying things like, I need to do things for me and not for you. Yeah, yep. This makes well, me happy. And the problem is, like I said before, her job should not depend on what her son wears. That is the fucking problem. Well, here. I think I, I think what the problem is, is she's giving a conference on how to avoid punks in your family. And she has one. So what? So it looks so hypocritical. What? So what? It's stupid. I agree. I can't, I'm not defending it. I'm just trying to piece together where the threat is coming from. <laughs> well, like if she didn't like write such close minded, yes. bigoted stuff. Yes. So Jen, the next day, Terry is confronted by the governor who asks him, they're like out by the pool. And he's like, look, dude, just level with me. Why are you doing this? Like, you look like a weirdo. What's going on? Then two chicks come up and ask Terry to get them into the club on Friday. And they giggle. And he looks at the governor like, that's why. Why I'm doing this. And then I wrote, This kid is a sad Corey Haim. <laughs> he does look like Corey Haim. Totally. They probably wanted Corey Haim for this role, but he was like too big by this point. Okay. You know who else he reminded me of? Who? Someone in our lives that went through a phase like this. Jamie. <laughs> awesome Jay. Yeah. Remember that? We did have a friend named Jamie that we grew up with who totally did this. He like sprayed the sides of his hair like one blue and, and one yep, green yep. or something like that. 
Yeah. But, we were younger than 16, though. But, we were pretty young. He was like 12, I think. But Jamie has now embraced that lifestyle. Jamie is this person. And he does He's really been, well with it. Yeah. And it was something that was gradual. He didn't go into yeah. the bathroom and slap on a costume. Well, let's start it with that, like the little, let's start with the little coloring of the hair. Yes. But then, yeah, it went down a goth road for the next 35 years. Right. He's still like, right. totally. <laughs> yeah, that's different than this kid. But I just remember that whole like one day you're this and then the next yeah. day it's like, yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. We see some horses, Jen, and Karen, the Karen from earlier with the daughter, she is begging them to put her kid on a horse. And they're like, we can't do that when your child is on crutches. And she's like, can't you strap my kid to the horse? Feels dangerous. What? What? This is something Mr. Edwards would do. What are you doing? I mean, there's no accessibility in the 80s. So they don't have, they're not going to have. There is accessibility. Terry informs them about it later. Oh, okay. Okay. So the little girl starts to cry. Terry sees them and approaches them. And again, guys. Still in full white face. (laughs) He tells them that there are special places that she can go to ride horses. Like camps for kids who are disabled who can ride horses. And she makes a a statement for accessibility. Yes. She's like, I don't want a different thing. Because like the right thing to do is to have like whatever accommodation she needs should be there. So she can ride horses with other kids, not on some other farm. Right. Yes, you're right, right. You're right. So Dr. Warner, Jen, is inside being interviewed by a local television (laughs) star. Because apparently this is the biggest news in fucking town. And Terry walks in and says, hi, mom. And the camera pans over and gets it. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of uh, like a Bigfoot in the background walking by and the camera gets him real quick. (laughs) And it's like the biggest news in the sad, sad town. So Terry shows back up to that little girl who's crying and he gives her a doll with the likeness of her. The the doll has the crutches like she has. The mother, Karen apologizes and says his appearance scared her, Jen. And he goes, I know it sometimes frightens me too. (laughs) What? What? What is happening? Look, my appearance frightens me, but I've been in the house for a year. (laughs) Like, I don't know what you're doing. What are you doing? Then he takes the little girl horseback riding. Okay. All right. At dinner, the parents, Doc, Bricker, and uh, I almost said Marsha. What's her name? Dr. Warner. Are not very proud of Terry. No. Dr. Warner says, why now? And why here? <laughs> I just why have, it's called this to me. It's called irony, Louise. <laughs> um, he goes, you know what? You never pay attention to me anyway. I didn't think you'd care. And he gives this big Marsha, Marsha, Marsha speech. <laughs> and then they tell they tell Terry they do love him, but he leaves. Okay, so now they are shook by this. Like, what? This kid thinks we don't pay attention to him? And um, Warner says that's a middle child syndrome, right? Yes. Yeah. She does. Apparently a middle child. Because I wrote, is he the younger sibling? And then they say, no, he's the middle nice child. So he wanted to get their attention. And he, oh, Doc goes, he, he wants to get our attention. He's probably just as unhappy with his looks as we are. Then 
he's making a lot of leaps he's here. He's making a lot of leaps. Then we're, they're in the room and the local news comes on and they expose her as having a punk son. And you see like the Bigfoot video where he's like in the back. This reminds me of, who is it? Kellyanne Conway and the whole like daughter oh, crawling around. Yeah. Her. This reminds me of that. Yes. So I guess this still happens today. But she was like the, pre- was she the press secretary? Is that who she was? Kellyanne Conway? She's like the yeah. advisor. She was his oh, the campaign advisor. manager and then the advisor to him, personal advisor. <laughs> like this is, <laughs> I see why that's big news. Right, right, right. But this is like, this is a professor in some podunk hotel. <laughs> okay. The next day, Dr. Warner's, oh, 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 wait. So she's like flipping out after that. She's like, what do I do now? And what do I do now? And Doc, the crisis management person says, you use it. You use this. Okay. Oh boy. So the next day, Dr. Warner's panel kicks off and she has a bunch of punks on it. <laughs> it's Culture Club. <laughs> why I'm like, why is Culture Club in this? One says, or it's like wham, like when they went through that like more makeup phase. One says he never did drugs or nothing, and his father kicked him out. And a guy in the fucking audience at an academic conference actually yells, Yeah, right, I don't believe you. These people are awful. And then they get into a fight with a hippie. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, the hippie's the one who stood up and started yelling. Yep. So the audience yells things. I think it's the hippie who yells, we want peace. You want cruelty and violence. And she literally yelled, stood up and yelled in their faces that like, we, you know, like you're the one in this room standing there screaming. Oh my God. It was so bad. And then the woman with the daughter, the Karen, stands up and says, look, we got to know Terry, and he's wonderful. Okay. Dr. Warner says she's learned something here. Find out why these kids are dressing this way. And you come to no resolution on this panel at all. She didn't learn the lesson of accept your child. Just do it. Just do it. She learned the lesson of figure out why he's being this way. So then you can fix it. Yes. Figure out how to fix it. The conference comes to an end and it's a quote, I'm doing air quotes here, success. (laughs) It's not a success. Some dude comes up to Dr. Warner to congratulate her. Oh my God, Jen. He's like, I have to show you a picture of my son when he was 19. He whips out a picture of a punk with the white face. And then he goes, here he is two years later a successful banker and the guy's like in a three-piece suit behind a desk with slick back hair and he goes i hope to god none of these people have gay children well he's like so you know there's hope there's hope i hope to god none of their children are gay i know i know holy shit my god oh my god all right so She's all like, I'm sure Terry will be out of this phase by next week. And Doc is like, he's probably upstairs taking his makeup off right now as we speak. No, nope. that's not what's happening. Governor and Mrs. Brooks say he was the best counselor they ever had. And Doc is like, oh, he's he's fixed now. He's normal. He gets it. We paid attention to him. It. They fixed we it. Fixed we paid it. attention to him. That's so boomer. That's such a boomer. It is. So he comes downstairs and he's still dressed because they're not facing the reality that this is just who he is. By the way, like he only has one outfit. I know. He wears it the whole summer. Yep. And it's black leather. It's leather. It's leather. Okay. <laughs> All right. So he's like, I'm not changing, Dad. Like, this is who I am now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
at home. Now we're at home and they're all eating breakfast at the breakfast table. This is fantastic, in my opinion. The breakfast table is way too small. Way too small. The table's too small. Uh, the girl from Poltergeist is like, Terry's gross. And Mr. Young Republican Carl says, I don't know if I can hold my food down if I have to look at this every morning. I want to go through the screen at him. Who is he? Who is he? <laughs> what are you gonna, oh, list. Amy's going to research him. He's on oh, my no. list. What's his name? Look out. She's researching him. I get my, I always get my fucking revenge because these people go on to do nothing with their lives. You get your revenge by researching them and finding out what they're doing. I'm sure they're shaking in their His name is Craig Burko. I'm coming for you, Craig Burko. Let me see what he did. Oh, he was in Cinderella Man, The Long Kiss Goodnight, Scary Movie 4. (sighs) Did some stuff. Oh, he's... A second-tier actor. <laughs> no, he's he was in the Three Stooges for Christ's sake, like a remake like, of it. Oh God! Yeah, no, he was in Damages. Oh, I come to look at, he's not that bad looking actually. Okay, all right, <laughs> okay. all right, all right. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> where are we? Okay, so they're they're grossed out over. So they're him. grossed out over his appearance, and he's like. Doc yells at them and he's like, this place has become a war zone. And Dr. Warner tells Terry, says, Terry just told us we don't pay attention to him. And the daughter goes, you know, he's right. We don't pay attention to Terry. He's always kind of just been there. (laughs) I mean, he's the middle kid and they named him Terry. What did they think was going to happen? Wow. What a deep cut from that sister, man. (laughs) He's an asshole. She's like, he's always just kind of been there. (laughs) Okay, Terry goes back to school in the punk outfit. And the conductor's like, whoa, dude, you can't play in this orchestra like that. This guy is greatest generation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's see how this goes. But Terry kind of accepts it. He's just like, okay, I get it. Yeah, you're right. We don't want to distract the audience. that That guy's basically like, if you conform, you can be in this. If not, see you. Yeah. And like he doesn't give him any other. Yeah. And he's so. like, you're going to distract the audience. And Terry's like, yeah, you're right. And then Terry does say, you know, at least my music scene is a lot more tolerant than yours. The professor says you can't have the audience distracted by a bizarre looking young musician. Isn't that all of music? Basically? Jenny, Terry says his music scene is more tolerant. What? Has that been your experience? Like, when you were dating all those guys in bands and hanging out in the garages, what if a super nerd showed up? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think there's a lot of tolerance being handed out that way. They were just not intolerant to this specific thing. Exactly. Okay. After the disastrous meeting, he finds the girl from the beginning that he had asked out. He finds her outside by herself. I just want to sum up what the greatest gen dude said. He's like, no biggie. This is fine. Just completely change your art and then you can come back. <laughs> like that's kind of that's the message there. Yep, totally. So the girl from the beginning is like all sad and she's like this isn't fair, Terry. You should be able to be yourself. Can we discuss that <laughs> when he walked out of that school? Did you notice what he had on his feet? No. I had to rewind it, watch it a couple times to make sure it was accurate. He had on one boot and one like loafer with a like sweat sock. That wasn't a thing. Why is 
That was not a thing. What is he doing? Why is he doing that? So Terry says, look, I can't have it all. I have to make some choices. <laughs> he this His reaction to this prejudice shows that he is not punk. Exactly. Because <laughs> he would be like, fuck you. Yes. Fuck all yes. y'all. He would show up and blow up that yes. show. Yes. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's just like, okay, no problem. I'll go he's home. He's a well-mannered no. punk. Yep. Cut to him in his bedroom mirror. Wiping the makeup off. The Okay, here's the problem. Is he went like zero to 60 too fast. <laughs> like if he had just started like with piercing his ear, like he mm-hmm, talked mm-hmm. about. Cutting his contacts. Changing like, his clothes a little bit. Like he would have gotten to the place where like he felt comfortable in the look. Yes. Like he kind of just put on a costume and then was just trying. Like it, uh-huh. it doesn't happen overnight. It's a, it's a process. Right. <laughs> Carl comes in, Jen douchebag older brother and he's like i'm so sorry you felt overlooked we won't overlook you anymore but then he blames terry for all of this he's like but you know what you could have stood up for yourself you should have said something to us then you wouldn't have had to do this then he's like i love you (laughs) so 80s Terry heads back to school and walks up to the stage and we have a flashback of the concert. I don't know what that scene. Okay. So this whole part, is this supposed to be artistic? Is this supposed to represent some kind of struggle in his mind? I think it's supposed to represent his inner struggle to make this decision. Okay. this is All right. The next morning at breakfast, the whole family talks about Terry's decision. Like he's not even there. He has to talk about it. Like he's not even there. Because he has to decide if he's going back to school or not. So then he said he has made a decision that he's going to play rock music. He's trying. Well, he has to go back to school, but he's deciding if he's going to be in the orchestra Mm -hmm. or not. And he says, but I'll get rid of the makeup. Yeah. Which I think that was a good, he looks a lot better without the makeup. It just wasn't him. Like he couldn't rock it. It was bizarre. (laughs) Just couldn't rock. Some people could totally rock that look. He could not. Sure. It just wasn't. Right. Right. Especially since it really didn't match his his facade of the out, like the the part of himself that interfaces with society was polite well, he's like, and sweet I- and rule following. No, yeah. not to say then he- punks are not polite and sweet, but mm. then he's like, I can just go back to playing the symphony whenever I want. Like his backup plan is in place. Still. Yeah, his backup plan is to. To be first chair violin in a fancy orchestra. Nice. Like to lose this punk look. All he has to do, like, it's not like he has to, he has to understand that, like, it's, it's about who you are. It's not, you could wear a suit for a day as a punk and go do a thing you want to do and then stand your hair back up the next day. I know. Like, I know. I know. All right. So that's the end, Jen. God, thank God. Jenny, as you know, you know, a common PSA slogan is the more you know. And these were designed to teach us a lesson. What yeah. lesson do you think they were trying to impart? I was trying to figure out that out. And I think they were trying to say, you're, if, if your kids rebel, because that's what he's doing. He's rebelling. It's, it's considered a form mm, so of rebelling. So you're assuming the audience is the parents. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. If the kid rebels, then that means... Well, it depends. I guess I'm I'm looking at it from the point of view of an adult. Mm-mm. 
if the kid they're telling parents if the kid rebels it's obviously for a reason maybe they're telling kids to rebel to get your parents attention see i feel like they were telling kids not to rebel when you're upset with your parents but to talk to them instead but he never went back to his old ways and i feel like that would have had to happen but they compromised he compromised at the end I can't imagine that 1987's gatekeepers, whoever they were, to, to, the, to the television <laughs> world, are going to be like, be who you are, fly your freak flag. No, no, I don't think that's what they're saying at all. I think they were no. trying to say, you know, if you're if you're doing this, maybe there's a reason you should look into it. Or that you could do this, but always kind of have that like escape hatch to go back to quote unquote normal if you have to. Maybe, maybe. Or listen to your parents. They know better. I don't know. I think the, I think the message too is like you can't have things that belong to polite society if you're this person. Yeah, maybe. Like, why can't he be a fucking violinist as a punk? Why can't like, that be Like, I'm trying to think what I would have walked away with. At 11 years old, seeing this. Uh, I would have walked away with this guy's a poser. <laughs> of course you would have. <laughs> I would have felt bad for him because I already did watching this again. I was like, I feel bad. You would have been like, Man, my parents don't pay attention to me. <laughs> Shut up. No. All right. At the end of every episode or after school special that we watch, Jenny and I talk about a theme or a lesson that we learned either from watching it or on the rewatch, or, you know, maybe just something that we took from after school specials in general. I don't know. So Jenny, it's designed to finish the sentence, Gen X, this is why. So Jenny, what is your why for this movie? So I did not watch this in the 80s. If I did, I have no recollection of it. This is why I'm glad I always had a very strong and uncompromising sense of self. Oh, God, here we go. Even though that changed over the years, and it also never fit squarely in one camp. Like, like why? Uh, like he can only be a punk. Like why? Can't, you know, like why can't he be a couple of things? So what I ended up doing was like, m- like mapping out what what I feel like my scene was over okay. those. Years. <laughs> it took a while. Like, look, I have all this stuff like scratched wow. out. Yeah. So okay. I think from like eighty six to ninety was like headbanger. Okay. And a lot of it was related to music too. Yes. And that 91 to 94 was like that Wiccan phase. <laughs> Slash bacon. 93 to 98 was like art school grunge, I'm going to call it. And then 99 to 2005, like art school grunge and Wiccan overlapped a little bit. That's why I have those dates overlapping. And then 99 to 2005 was like that alt rock atheism, like Weezer, Green Day, White Stripes, like that whole. And that was like pure atheism at that point. Like I was done with um. Because I feel like I had a little Buddhism going during that art school grunge. It was more like art school grunge Buddhism. Okay. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, it's not squarely one cam. And then 2005 was Brooklyn Hipster, for sure. Like, that mm-hmm. was Death Cab, Mumford and Sons, The Killers, like, all that stuff. That was, like, Indian house music. That's when you moved to Brooklyn. Yep. And then 2010 was, like, kind of the more the Brooklyn art scene, like, the EDM, trance, ambient like Dead Mouse, that stuff, Neutral Milk Hotel, which was older than that. I liked them for a while, but I was really into them then. And I feel like 2020, like around now, is middle-aged, angry Gen X woman. <laughs> uh, I agree with that. Like Billy Elliot, Lizzo, who yeah. I love. 
but also like Hamilton and French Cafe music. Sure. It could be all these things. We are complex people. You do not have to be identified by but one that thing. was very Gen X to put you in a bucket. It totally was. You're right. Mm-hmm. It totally yeah. was. All right. So mine's a little different. Not as egocentric. Okay. Mania. Um, <laughs> this is why I'm so glad I'm going to school to be a therapist. Because oh. I felt so bad for this kid. His parents did all the wrong things. But I don't think that his parents had bad intentions. And this is where a family therapist could have come in here and could have solved this shit. We kind of had a conversation about this earlier, not about this thing, but on a different topic. And it's, I don't think that they're malicious, but I think they're super selfish. And I don't think you get a pass on that. I think that's kind of malicious. I don't think you get a soup. I don't think you get a pass on it, but a therapist needed to get in there and work this out. They are therapists, <laughs> isn't you? No, you can't therap- therapize your own family. <laughs> like she, the, you know what? I have a why. I, I could have got in there. Admit it. I could have got in there and I could have fixed it. I, I have another why. I'm, this is why I'm glad I started therapy at like 15 years old. Cause that's when you need it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you start going a little fucking crazy. But I, I was able to identify all the things that should have been done differently. But that's also with the eye of 2020, right? Yeah. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's easier in hindsight to look back and at something in the eighties and say, Oh my God, this is a mess. Like, cause you, you lose the context. No, that but the, the dynamic is the problem. The dynamic is the, the dynamic kid is, is being problem. overlooked, but we know a lot of, like more now than we did then. Of course. Like, yeah, of course. Like that was totally fucking acceptable and normal then. But Jen, I'm going to become a therapist so that I could stop kids from going punk. <laughs> no, don't do no, that. I won't. all right guys so thanks a lot and as usual thank you for any five star reviews that you can leave us it really helps us to grow the podcast we really appreciate it and of course find us on facebook in our mimi bees group all right jenny see you next time Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.